I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. But the, the, the one other thing that I remember about uh, leaving the gym was that I was pretty sure I had lost a ton of weight because I just wasn't eating a whole lot. Um, Gonzo, the Coast Guard years, Key West, episode seven. Why did he say that? And the theaters. While being assigned to the Navy gym, and I repeat, a Navy gym, I learned more about the Army than I did the Coast Guard. Yeah, I know that doesn't make any sense, but bear with me here. So this guy used to come into the gym. Um, he's pretty super cool, super mellow. And, uh, well, he, he usually came toward the end of the day um, at the gym. And um, actually, take that back. So he would sometimes come in during the afternoon, and then some weeks he would come in uh, later in the evening. When he came to the gym, though, uh, he usually just put on his boxing gloves and went up to the heavy bag that was um, in the corner um, away from the uh, the basketball court. He used to sit there and dance around it and punch at it and kick at it. And uh, but he was always kind of mellow. He never really got angry, or he never he never looked frustrated. Uh, occasionally, you know, he'd stop by the desk after uh, before he you know when he was leaving. Uh, and talk to me a little bit. And uh, then after a while, I just sort of, whenever he came in, he chatted. And one of the things that this dude would do when he was, um, you know, beating the crap out of the heavy bag, showing it who's boss, is he'd always take off his shirt. And so the the dude was kind of ripped. So I guess he was just kind of showing off all the goods and stuff. I, I, I guess, I don't know. But during our conversations... Um, I, I learned that he was a member of the Army Combat Dive Team. And uh, so I was not entirely sure what that meant. But essentially, he said that he uh, and his team were similar to uh, the Navy SEALs. So they they learned to scuba dive and, you know, and something to do with combat, I guess. I don't know. Wow. They trained at one of the nearby islands, or Keys, as they call them, uh, called Fleming Key. And I had actually never been over to Fleming Key, but I saw the road that took you to Fleming Key. Um, but anyway, I didn't know the Army did shit like that. That was kind of cool. I mean, I'd heard of Green Berets and, like, Airborne Rangers and all this kind of stuff. But these dudes, or at least this guy, I guess he was somewhere in the middle of all that kind of stuff. I don't know. 
I mean, it was kind of weird. I did, like I said, I didn't know the army did that kind of stuff. Um, it was cool. I mean, I, I was totally into like the Rambo movies during that time frame, and this dude was about as close as I thought I was ever going to get to meeting a Rambo type dude. However, like I said, he was pretty mellow. Uh, you you would never get the sense that he was probably some like super like you know super soldier or something. Occasionally, you know, some of his other uh, combat dive guys would show up, and they were all kind of mellow too. I didn't talk to any of them really. I mean, we would say hi, and he introduced me, and I was just you know the guy behind the desk, you know, a nineteen year old person. I really didn't mean much to them. But I also learned, though, that the Navy SEALs did come and train with this uh, Army combat dive team. I I don't know if the Navy SEALs were getting trained by these guys or these guys were being trained by the Navy SEALs or they were just joint exercises. Either way, it was all kind of pretty cool. By the way, so also on that base, um, the Navy also had their EOD group, which was the Navy Explosive Ordnance Disposal Team. Uh, Essentially, these were just a bunch of maniacs that would put on scuba gear and go underwater and, you know, remove, you know, explosive devices. These dudes were all freaking crazy. I mean, who would do that for a living? Oh, these guys would. uh, EOD would. Nut jobs. But hey, I love these guys. These guys are badass. I'm not making fun of them because they would kick my ass and I know better. Anyway, I, 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 I wonder that, so of all these people that are doing stuff like the Army Combat Dive guys and the Navy SEALs and the, and the Navy EOD, I, I wasn't sure if, if, if these folks, soldiers or whatever, were they doing the jobs that they actually had set out to do or were these sort of jobs they kind of fell into? I mean, I suspect that these jobs that they were doing was something they wanted to do because I imagine that the, the amount of intensity of the training probably meant you really wanted to be there. I think it was also about this time that I realized uh, I was not going to be making the Coast Guard a career. I had been in for two or three months, and at this particular point in time, I was completely disenchanted with the whole thing. I, if I could have figured out how to have gotten out of there, I would have. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was 19 in Key West, Florida, but um, the job I was doing uh, to date was less than stellar. And I know what you're thinking. Ah, but you've only been there a few months. It got better, right? It's going to get better. Well, yeah. So yeah, it, it, it did get better. Um, and I was only there two or three months. I just, just gotten there. Um, but I, I just didn't stay. I mean, I got out at the first opportunity that I could, uh, but I, I'll, I'll talk about that in a later season. So e- eventually my time um, at the gym was over. Um, I think I had talked to this uh, Army combat dive guy and told him I was, you know, you know, moving on and stuff. And it, it was really kind of weird because um, I, I really wish I remember this guy's name because he was such a badass and totally cool about it. 
But I, the, the, the one other thing that I remember about uh, leaving the gym was that I was pretty sure I had lost a ton of weight because I just wasn't eating a whole lot. Um, and I mentioned that uh, in the previous episode. So I was back at the barracks again and doing what I did before, picking up trash and palm leaves around the base. Brooklyn and I did hang out a bit more, um, uh, you know, than, than I had in the last uh, previous 30 days. We were going to the beach a lot, spending more time doing that. And, uh, you know, summer was, was, was basically on us or was coming. And let me tell you, it was hot in Key West before summer, but when summer started hitting, oh my damn, it was hot. It's like, holy crap, it's fucking hot in Key West during the summer. No wonder why people don't come around there during the summer all that often. It's only springtime, winter months that there are people. Anyway. So on, on one particular day, I'm standing outside of uh, the passageway, and, you know, in, in front of one of the barracks rooms, and I'm sweeping the floor or some shit like that. And then out of nowhere, Patty, Miss Tasselboots, walked up to me. And so after that one particular Friday that I mentioned previously, I, I don't think I had seen her or talked to her very much. Um... Yeah, I just, um, yeah, I just sort of, we had no communication at that point. I mean, I hadn't seen her because I was working all the time and she was out partying. And no, I'm not bitter about it. That's just a statement of fact. So shut up. So, but, so when she was walking up to me, I already knew uh, there was a rumor that was going around. And the rumor was that she was pregnant. And we all assumed, or rather, I think we all knew that it was Petty Officer Jalapeno who was the dada. So, I mean, even though it was a rumor, I mean, we knew. He knew that that he was, you know, he was the dad. It was no way around it. So see, she walks up to me, and she's like, you know, a little bit of small talk, but it was she was trying to be really nice and sweet and say things to me. And because um, we hadn't talked a whole lot, so I wasn't, sure what to think. I mean, I, I was a little suspicious uh, because she had had more than one opportunity uh, to come and say hi. Uh, but in, instead of just like saying hi and trying to catch up, she walks up to me and she she basically, the, the first thing that she wanted to talk about was she, she asked me if I would tell them, them being the Coast Guard higher up people, that I was the baby's dad. I'm like, no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to do, I, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I, I know I was trying to be kind about saying no, but deep inside, I'm like, no fucking way. No, I would never do that. No, no. I mean, I was 19 years old and I was not going to be doing that for her, especially because she wanted me to say it and to take responsibility for it to bail out Jalapeno's ass. I was like, fuck that, fuck him. I, man, I, I'm still mad at him because it was his uh, decision to send me over to the fucking Navy gym in the first place. Oh, that was just fucking crazy. I would never do that. As a matter of fact, I mean, one of the reasons that I hadn't seen her is that just before I got back, um, she had been assigned, Patty, um, to the SES part of the base where the service effects ships were. So I, I didn't really see her a whole lot. 
And um, the reason she got transferred there was to get her away from, you guessed it, Petty Officer Jalapeno. Why? Because she worked for him. She was his subordinate. Now, I'm pretty sure he was probably going to be getting in a lot of trouble, not just for having sex with his subordinate, but that she got pregnant. So it's not like they can lie and say it never happened. There was evidence that he was clearly involved with her in some level. However, the rumor, or scuttlebutt as I used the term before, was that the fix was already in, that nothing was going to happen to him um, which, uh, oddly enough, that was actually a lesson that I learned, a valuable lesson at that. Because um, if you knew the right people, somebody was going to get your ass out of trouble. And in this particular case, um, so Jalapeno, his, his boss, was the, uh, the bodybuilding chief that I had told you all about before. Well, the, this chief and I guess like the other chiefs were deciding how they were going to handle this. So I, I, I guess essentially they were going to, I don't know if they were going to cover the whole thing up, but they were going to make the problem go away and keep Jalapeno from getting into trouble. I'm not sure how all that was going to happen, but that was the rumor that the fix was already in and um, he, he was going to be okay, which really irritated the crap out of me because had someone else done that kind of stupid shit, I mean, we'd all be in trouble. I mean, I, I know I would have been. So as I mentioned, Patty got reassigned to uh, the SES division. And um, so it, this, this next part, I mean, I'm not sure what happened to her, uh, but and um, while she was there, I mean, she was no longer under uh, Jalapeno. Uh, however, the chief that I mentioned, bodybuilding chief, she worked for him now. So he was her supervisor. And as it turns out, while she was at the SES division, something happened. Um, I don't know exactly what happened, but I had heard she had taken a fall. And, well, you can imagine it, it, it's, it was not a good situation. Um, she was no longer pregnant at that point. And um, I, I'll admit, we, were, we all felt really bad. It was a horrible thing that it was the parents. There was, I don't know. She fell and then, you know. However, a month or so later, what do you think happened? Bam! She got pregnant again. And yes, it was jalapeno. You, you would think... Sometimes I wonder how they let such idiots in the Coast Guard or in the military in general. I mean, didn't these fuckers learn anything? I mean, fuck. They did it again. It's not... It's not like they weren't trying, they, were, they weren't even trying to be careful. It's crazy. So the end result was that I guess enough was enough. The Coast Guard decided that um, whether it was the fix was in because of these chiefs or whatnot, but I think they issued Patty a medical discharge or a hardship discharge, but essentially they got her out of boot camp. I mean, not out of boot camp, but uh, out of Key West, Florida. She was, she's being released from the Coast Guard because, you know, she, she had a baby to take care of now. And, and her previous mishap uh, probably just made, it, made the case easier for the Coast Guard to uh, basically, basically they kicked her out because she was pregnant. Um, I'm, I'm guessing. I, I mean, I don't know. I actually didn't get all the details. Uh, there was just a bunch of rumors. This is one day 
she said she was leaving, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then next thing you know, poof, gone. Anyway, the end result was no more white tassel boot girl in uh, Key West, Florida. Now that was that was that was all kind of bad, and um, eh, but you know, people come, people go. Uh, at least in the Coast Guard, and uh, it was just some you know shitty circumstances for her. But it, it somewhere in all this craziness, though, um, I started hanging out with Brooklyn Moore, like I said, and Dave Trombone, and um, yeah, we said we. We, we listened to similar music, and we were all about the same age, and we were all a bit loud. Dave was louder than all of us. Uh, Rob Diamond, who is Dave and mine's roommate, eventually moved out of our room and moved in with Smitty. Because uh, Smitty was pretty quiet. I mean, he was a pretty mellow, quiet dude. And, um, you know, Brooklyn, Dave, and I was way too loud for Rob Diamond. Because uh, whenever he was trying to read or study or do something quiet in the room, we were always there being loud. Anyway, so one one day, um, Brooklyn and I and Dave were, I don't know where we were. I just know we were walking back to the Coast Guard base. We were probably downtown somewhere. But while um, we, we could have been walking back from the beach, I, I, I just don't remember. And this next bit, my, my memory's a little foggy, but on our way back to the Coast Guard base, a car, I mean, I think it was a, like a, one of those older uh, Volkswagen rabbits, but it was a white one uh, with a black top and it was a convertible. And I remember, again, this is my, my memory's a little foggy, um, but a car, this car with these ridiculously hot girls stopped and they pulled up, I mean, they pulled alongside of us and they started talking to us. And like, like this was like every teenage boy's dream, or at least maybe it was just mine. You know, a, 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 a car with these hot girls um, stops by and wants to talk. I mean, it, it, it was a bit of a surprise to all of us that they actually did it. And as excited as we were that we were stopping, we we're like, why the hell are these girls stopping to talk to us? I mean, why? I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I knew what Brooklyn was thinking. Hot girls? A date, maybe? Hell, so was I. I mean, why not? I mean, it's a fantasy, right? That's But it was happening. I mean, that's how dudes think. We see girls and we're thinking, yeah, we, we'll go out with them or we'll let them go out with us or whatever the case was. But that, 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 but that didn't mean we didn't find their stopping to be odd. However, it... We, we will never know exactly what their intentions were. And why you're thinking? Why, why, why would we never know? I'll fucking tell you why. Dave motherfucking trombone. That's why. So these, these, these girls, um, they asked us what we are up to. And Dave, oh my God, Dave. He, he said, we're headed home to watch the Golden Girls. And just like that, the girls laughed and they drove away. I remember Brooklyn and I kind of stood there in like, you know, stunned silence. And I, I, I think we, clearly we were in shock because um, we just, we couldn't believe what happened. As it was, I mean, I was like, Dave, what the fuck was that? Why the hell would you say that? I, I remember Dave just sort of shrugged his shoulders and he started laughing. And Brooklyn, that goofy bastard, started laughing. Well, of course, I started laughing and... 
I, honestly, I never, I don't, I don't know why Dave did that, but we just walked back to the Coast Guard part of the base. We laughed about it. I mean, we'd see that car every once in a while. And I mean, let's just face it, that's, it was a random event and maybe the, I, I don't know, but it was still kind of funny though. I mean, he was such a jackass, but it was funny. So uh, after the, the, the incident with, um, you know, the convertible Volkswagen rabbit, um, I don't know, might've been a couple weeks or months later. I don't know. Uh, but going on six months being in the coast guard, um, I was getting pretty far behind on getting my practicals done uh, in order to get promoted to E3, semen. Uh, doing practicals was essentially like cramming for a test, but you had stuff you physically had to do. And everyone that I knew at this point um, was a, a bosun's mate. In order to be a seaman in the Coast Guard, you had to do seaman-type stuff, which was sort of like, you know, really remedial bosun's mate activities. And so I needed to start talking to bosun's mates to help me get through these practicals. There's probably one thing that I learned uh, as a learning to becoming a seaman. Um, really, oh my God, I hate saying that word. It's so ridiculous, but uh, seaman that is. So the one thing that I actually learned, uh, I learned while I was learning to tie knots and I learned to tie a bowling knot. If you don't know what a bowling knot is, go look it up. But it's probably one of the most universal and most important knots you'll ever learn to make. I mean, I still know how to, I still know how to make it today. Uh, I use it whenever I, when I can and I'm, I remember I'm always like proud of myself that I actually remember how to do this and it's kind of useful and it's, it's really freaking handy. Anyway, so I'm trying to get these practicals done and it was, um, I, I even had to get Petty Officer Jalapeno to help me sign off my practicals, which if I'm being honest, I wasn't sure if he'd actually help me, if he'd blow me off and just, uh, or whatever, but he, he signed off some of my stuff. I think he was as anxious to get rid of me as I was to leave. It, it seemed like things were, um, were, were, were getting a little better uh, between us, um, but I, I don't know. But it was clear, though, that I was going to, uh, uh, that I needed to make semen and that I was going to be making semen soon because I had, like, just about all my practicals signed off. Um, the, the issue at this point was just, um, you know, getting the paperwork to go through. Now, it just so happens uh, in a stroke of good luck, or maybe Petty Officer Jalapeno is like, had some goodwill or going on about him, or maybe he was drunk. I don't know. Drugs, maybe. He did sign off all of my paperwork that would also allow me to get my name on the waiting list to go to Coast Guard Electronic School, which at the time was located at Governor's Island, New York, which is in South Manhattan. I think the Coast Guard Electronic School now was out in Petaluma, California, but I, I couldn't swear to that. Okay, so at this point, it seemed like everything was starting to look up. It only took like six months, and I was going to make semen on time, and then six to eight months later, I'd be off to ET school. So I figured, okay, so six to eight more months in Key West, Florida, not a bad game. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Egg. I got it made. Six to eight more months chilling out the beach. And well, so it 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 wasn't too long after that that uh, things started to change uh, for a few of us, me included. Brooklyn had gotten assigned to uh, one of the Coast Guard cutters uh, that was stationed in Key West uh, along the pier. And one of those cutters was the U.S. Coast Guard cutter Cape Fox. Uh, it was a 95-foot uh, cutter. It was a Type B-class cutter. Um, there were actually three different classes of 95-foot cutters. The Type A were uh, anti-submarine weapon cutters. The Type B, which what the, was what the Fox was, was... Um, was built and designed specifically as a um, search and rescue or a SAR cutter. I forgot what the Type C was for, but there was a Type C. Uh, what this really meant to me was I was going to be seeing a lot less of Brooklyn because he was uh, he was headed off to go do his thing, and which is which, which is really going to suck. I mean, I wasn't excited that um, I wasn't going to see him much anymore, but I thought it was cool because he was going to be doing real Coast Guard stuff. But anyway, part of, um, part of, I guess, why we were there is we were all waiting to go to another assignment. But I just didn't know what that assignment was going to be, and they actually didn't tell us that we were there waiting for another assignment. They just told us we were assigned to Group Key West, which was sort of a dud. Anyway, it was great for him. I mean, it beat... it. it, it Come on, let's face it. It was better than strolling around the base and 
picking up palm leaves. Now, the so a little bit about the 95-foot cutters. They were actually pretty old um, even back in 1988 when this transfer for uh, Brooklyn happened. The Cape Fox was actually built in 1955, commissioned in August of 1955, and then refitted sometime in the 80s. And then she was given from the Navy to the U.S. Coast Guard for its missions with uh, SAR and law enforcement. I'm pretty sure it was a Navy boat. I might have that wrong. So Brooklyn did tell me like several years later that he thought he got hooked up um, pretty well getting assigned to the uh, Coast Guard cutter uh, Fox. I mean, I'd have to agree with him. Like I said, he was, uh, he was off doing super cool things and, you know, Coast Guard ship. In between patrols, though, um, Brooklyn and I would catch up, um, you know, for a week or something like that. Uh, but he spent, you know, a lot of his time um, on the Cape Fox. He told me how he was riding around in an RHI, which was a which is short for rigid hull inflatable boat. We actually never said boat. We just said the RHI. Uh, he was learning to drive it, which was really cool. He was learning to helm, which means steer. Uh, the Cape Fox, which is totally cool. He was driving a 95-foot Coast Guard cutter. Um, however, one of the things that you do do, I said do-do, uh, on a Coast Guard cutter is, well, you have to sweep it. You have to mop it. You get to paint it. You know, basic ship cleaning stuff. So maybe all that stuff we were doing at the barracks was, um, was training for cleaning uh, a Coast Guard cutter. Ah, who knows? Rob Diamond had also uh, um, been reassigned or was being reassigned, actually. He was headed over to the actual uh, Coast Guard station right across the, 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 the barracks as well. Which, okay, that was kind of cool. I mean, he was going to be doing, um, he was going to be part of the small boat station and he was going to be doing law enforcement and search and rescue. Again, more real cool stuff, which was you know, great, because he wasn't going to be, you know, sweeping floors and picking up palm leaves. Yes, I'm kind of bitter about this because everyone's leaving to do cool stuff. And then one day it happened. Petty Officer Jalapeno approached me one day, and he told me that I had received transfer orders to a new ship that was still in the Coast Guard yards. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Where's the ship? The ship was in the shipyards in Newport, Rhode Island. I'm like, um, okay, I'm supposed to be stationed here in Key West, not Rhode Island. And what am I supposed to do on a ship that's in the shipyards? I mean, I don't even, I, I didn't even know what that meant in the shipyards. I mean, I guess it, it it made sense why Jalapeno had been nice to me about getting my practical signed off. He already knew that I was being sent to this new ship. I was like, man, screw this guy. He still had it out for me. I mean, he set me up again. It 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 was just terrible. I don't even know why. I mean, I got no clue what anyway. He had some grudge against me. I don't, I don't know what it was, but all I know is that I needed to figure this shit out and figure it out fast. 
I did not want to go to a, a new ship that was not in Key West. So he explained a little more that the, the ship was still being built and being outfitted and configured. And I mean, I'm like, oh, hell, that just sounds like more damn grunt work for me. Um, still doesn't seem like, doesn't sound like it's going to be any kind of fun whatsoever. And at this point, I didn't even know what kind of ship it was. I assumed it was like the Cape Fox or something like that. Um, he didn't have a picture. He had nothing to show me. Um, all I did know was that it was really going to suck. That's, that's all. I'm 19 years old and everything's been pretty sucky. I was going to have to move out of my cushy barracks at some point and move on to a damn ship. A ship! Holy shit! A ship! I was like, oh, man. So you can tell I was pretty freaking bitter about all this. I did not want to leave Key West. And as a matter of fact, um, I, I, it was so bad that I actually went to talk to Rob Diamond about switching duties. And because uh, I really wanted to do like the real Coast Guard small boat shit or stuff like on the Cape uh, Fox that uh, Brooklyn was doing. I, did, I, I, I had no idea what was going to happen on this new ship. So I, I went to go talk to Rob. And uh, oddly enough, um, he was all for it. He's like, yeah, I'll switch with you because he wanted to get out of Key West. He realized Key West was not the environment for him. And he wasn't really too thrilled about it. So I'm like, hot damn. All I got to do is go talk to a few people. I was going to be staying in Key West, doing small boat shit and whatnot. I'd stay in the barracks because it was a cushy barracks. You know, got to sleep in a, in, a, in a real bed and with, you know, a real bathroom and stuff. And I mean, I, seriously, I was just had started to get into the whole Key West attitude, environment, you know. Why do today what you can do tomorrow? That sort of thing. And right about when I was feeling good about what uh, what was happening, of course, with my luck, it just, it, it shit just, it, and then it happened. I mean, within the next couple of days, after I had gotten off from work from the barracks, um, Rob knocked on my room door and told me that his family had planned a trip to Key West to see him. Now, I, I'm pretty sure he was from Pennsylvania or something like that. And his parents had planned this trip to Key West at the same time frame that he would have had to have left to go to this, to meet this new ship. So what does he do? He says he has to rescind his offer to switch duties with me uh, to accommodate his parents. I'm just like, but that, that is just my kind of bad fucking luck. Fuck. So anyway, so much for that. The best laid plans. Nope. It's just, you know, shit just happened. And, and, and to top it all off, remember me talking about uh, my Uncle John? Well, his ship, the Cutter Lipan that was there, well, by this point, it had already been decommissioned, and it was just sitting on the pier in Key West. It, it, it wasn't officially an active Coast Guard cutter anymore. It was no longer in service. At some point, it was going to be um, stripped down to razor blade parts or something. I, I, I don't know what they were going to do with it. Um, but okay, so that's not entirely true. I, I have a, a, a guess on what happened. 
but um, the ship, as as it turns out, had been turned into basically a hotel, if you can call it that, for the folks that were headed to this new ship. I mean, I was going to be going from basically, and from and from my comparison, a swanky five star hotel barracks room to a worn out old rust bucket of a ship. Like it's like, you know, a, a one or a one or two star, one star uh, accommodations. I mean, the, the live pan was really old and my apologies to uh, the former crew members of the live pan, but let's face it. Your ship was fucking old. That ship had been around since world war two. And no, I'm not, kidding that's how old the damn ship was uh, as a matter of fact the 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 ship used to be okay, so the ship was uh commissioned in 1943 it was a u.s navy navajo class fleet tug yeah let that sink in it was a tugboat a tug boat I mean, that thing made its way back and forth across, like, you know, the Atlantic Ocean or maybe the Pacific Ocean. I don't know. But in 1980, the Navy needed to do something with it. So they gave it to the Coast Guard. And in March of 1988, the Coast Guard gave it back. It had only been in the Coast Guard for about eight years. Maybe not barely eight years, not even eight years, just short of eight years. So it didn't have like a long storied career in the Coast Guard. I mean, I'm I know it did some cool stuff, but it might. It, but from my point of view, I was being sent from the penthouse to live basically in a dungeon, and I barely, uh, I barely remember reporting to this ship. I recall meeting a few of my new shipmates. Some of them were pretty damn rude to me. Uh, most, I, I don't even remember half of their names. Um, I, I sort of can remember some faces and faces of people that I felt like I, want to, I wanted to punch. Uh, there were a lot of new boots, like right out of boot camp um, that were um, assigned to the ship. I remember uh, I was being told I had to muster with the new crew. What's muster? I, I, I don't know. I, didn't, I had no clue either. I just, because at this point... I wasn't even a real coastie yet. I was, um, if there if there was a job of a custodial engineer in the Coast Guard, that I could do. That that was that's that was my job. I I was just yeah. Um, but I was on my way uh, to being an E three, who had a whole bunch of his seamen practical signed off, but I really had no clue what I was doing. Um, but uh. All I had to do was wait a little longer. Like I said, six to eight more months. I'll be going to electronic school in New York. But to add insult to injury, I mean, uh, I had to go meet the very guys who was talking smack, who I was talking smack to earlier um, that were on that ship. So a bunch of those dudes were actually on that ship um, and they were transferring or they were, they were transferring to the new ship or they were like the caretakers of that ship. So anyway, back to muster. So muster in layman's terms is when all the crew members get together. Basically it's a head count. Um, 
you receive announcements or the orders of the day. Essentially, it was basically the same shit I did at the barracks, just at the barracks. It was a lot less formal. I remember um, when we were mustering in the morning, uh, morning muster, uh, we were, I was standing with the deck department and someone had to tell me what to do because I had no clue. And the deck department is essentially a group of seamen apprentices. A few seamen had, like I said, had been, who were um, assigned to the Lipan had been reassigned to this new ship. And there were also a couple of bosun's mates, a second class and a third class uh, petty officer bosun's mates. And I'll talk about them uh, a little bit more. We also had a lieutenant junior grade who was the department head. And I, I think, I forgot what they called him. I, I wanted to say he was like the first lieutenant or something like that. So we're going to call him, but he was lieutenant junior grade. So we're, we're going to call him lieutenant junior grade Gleason. And that, like I said, that's not his real name, but, um, and you didn't even call lieutenant junior grades in the Coast Guard, lieutenant junior grade. Uh, you didn't even call him lieutenant. Uh, usually when you saw someone at that rank, you refer to them as Mr. or Ms. So in this case, we always refer to him as Mr. Gleason. I, I think we were, we were staying in attention at, in, in four or five rows or, or maybe it was, maybe it was five of us in each row. I, I, I don't remember. All I know is that at the end of it all, there was 21 of us. Um, that also included, um, the second and third class bosun's mate. So there was 21 of us. So I guess something like that. Uh, all around us, there were like, there were other parts of the ship's crew. There were the engineers who were basically the mechanics, electricians, damage control folks, AKA the grease monkeys. I would learn later that we get called deck apes quite a bit because we were always running around outside on the decks and, I don't know. Then, then, then there was the support staff. This consisted of, I don't think this, this job exists or the, this title exists anymore, but they had storekeepers in the Coast Guard. I think they were, they were more like the finance people. Uh, I think they, they may have been in charge of ship's inventory of, of certain things. They also had the ship's yeomen. Um, the yeomans were basically the, like, administration, personnel administration, all kinds of administration activities. Uh, also, the ship's cooks, the assistant specialists, the cooks, they were part of the support staff. And so uh, so that, that there was them. Then there was also the operations people. Now, the operations people uh, consisted of the electronics technicians, fire control technicians, radio men, and the quartermasters. Now, each one of these groups uh, had like their department heads. So they were they were like Mr. Gleason. They had like the ops boss who's in charge of the ops group. They had the engineering officer in charge of like the engineering group. And I forgot what they called the person that was in charge of the support group. That was usually a chief warrant officer. If I remember, we'll, I'll talk more about what warrant officers are. But warrant officers essentially are like a bridge in rank between the enlisted personnel and the commissioned officers. Um, so they were like that, uh, that, that chunk of people in the middle who were super, super smart, had lots of, were generally um, garnered lots of respect in the Coast Guard if you were a warrant officer. It meant you were around for a long time as an enlisted. You knew a whole bunch of stuff. 
and you were um, essentially treated like an officer, just not treated probably with the same type of respect. It, it just didn't carry this. It carried a different sort of air about them, I guess. Uh, also, as a part of this group, um, there was the ship's executive officer, uh, also known as the XO, and he's the number two guy on the ship. And then there was the ship's captain. Now, the captain of this ship, this new ship, he, was, uh, he wasn't actually a Coast Guard captain. He was a Coast Guard commander. But it really didn't matter if you were the commanding officer of a ship, pretty much you got called captain. I think on some ships, um, they got away with calling their commanding officer skipper. But uh, most, for the most part, you called your commanding officer captain. And your executive officer, you called him XO. I don't think I ever, I don't remember ever calling the XO Mr. or whatever. You always refer to him as just XO. I don't remember, um, but I feel like that that particular day was a big day for everyone. Um, the captain made some announcements of some sort. I wasn't really paying attention. I was too busy eyeballing everyone around me. Uh, I do remember I was lost, completely confused, had no idea what was going on around me. But what I do remember is that the captain um, was making an announcement to like the entire group. And he said to all of you who are new, I'd like to welcome you to the crew of the U.S. Coast Guard Cutter Thetis. Thetis. What the hell is a Thetis? You've been listening to Gonzo the Coast Guard Years Key West, written and produced by Tim Gonzalez. And I'm Nicholas Gonzalez, the voice guy. Join us next week for another episode of Gonzo the Coast Guard Years. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.